0: Well, this evening, I'd like to look at a verse of scripture in Psalms 97. And uh, we'll just look at one verse here. And Psalms 97 and verse 1 says, The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. So, the Lord reigneth. And that means to be a king. That means to reign. That means to rule. So this says, the Lord reigneth. And uh, I didn't realize how uh, I guess this could win in with our Sunday morning lessons. Uh, does the Lord reign or does Satan reign? It would fit, Bill would fit right in with that, but we'll take this by itself. The Lord, it says the Lord reigneth. So some want to, and I, I don't intend on tying it too much in with our Sunday morning lesson, but some people do say, uh, and well, even 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. The Satan is the god of this world. So is God reigning? And we, we've been talking about that on Sunday morning, and again, I don't want uh, to tie everything into that, but certainly it's on our minds. But this says, it doesn't say Satan reigns. It doesn't say that uh, Satan and, and the Lord co reigns. What it says, the Lord reigneth. Should we take a little, should we tear that whole page out? Or should we take a little pen knife and cut that one verse out? Or do we believe that it's true? The Lord reigneth. And with that statement, it says, let the earth rejoice. I pray that you really rejoice, you that have been made to know that the Lord reigneth he's in control he rules i hope that that makes you rejoice i hope it makes your life your daily walk i know our mind can't be on him all the time or mind can't maybe yours can but mine can't but when we go through tough times and so forth but then when we're brought uh, Chuck say when, when he sometimes we stumble and fall, but he brings us back to our right mind, then we realize, oh, the Lord reigneth. He's in control. This is working together according to his plan and his will. Then we can rejoice. Even in negative things. Now, most of the time, after we go through the negative things and start back up and everything, but. Uh, by God's grace, even through some of the negative things, even while we're in those negative things, we can rejoice knowing that He, he reigns. Now, that brought the mind the scripture in the book of Exodus, and that's where we spend actually most of our time. Exodus chapter 15. And Exodus 15 and verse 18 certainly goes along with what we just read in our text in Psalms. Exodus 15 and 18. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. So our lesson said, the Lord reigneth, and we rejoice. So we, I, I think we would rejoice even more knowing he reigneth forever and ever. Now, he didn't reign for a portion of time. Then Satan reigned for a portion of time. The Lord reigneth forever and ever, and he changes not. So this was in, where this is stated here, verse 18, is in... Uh, the song of Moses after they were redeemed out of Israel, or after after Israel was redeemed out of the land of Egypt. And and this was part of the song of Moses. And uh, uh, Bill, this I think tells us something about uh, maybe why we sing. Uh, We certainly something that they did after they were delivered. And... It's uh, it's not so much the sounds and the harmonies and, and if we have the piano player or not, it's the words. And we have that book, and there's, it's a pretty big song book, but there's more songs in there that we can't sing than we, than we can because it's not true. Just to sing something, uh, to make a, a, a noise, if it's not true, then it's certainly not bringing him praise. Praise Anything that would give honor and glory to man is not giving him praise. But this is a song, we kind of refer to it as the, the song of Moses that they sang after they were redeemed from the land of Egypt. And let, let's go through and, and just look at some of this. And uh, again, it should cause us to rejoice. The Lord reigned the Lord reigned when he brought Egypt, or when he brought Israel out of Egypt. The Lord reigned when he brought them through the Red Sea. And the Lord reigns today, in your life and in my life. So let, let's look at this then. Uh, Exodus 15:1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider, and, and hath he thrown into the sea. So the song to praise the Lord, uh, and, and whenever we meet here, we worship, we praise him in song, in prayer, and the spoken word. This is all part of our praising Him. If we're singing true song, if the spoken word is the true word, so uh, we keep that in mind. But so this was a song after they after they were delivered, and my goodness, what I remember. Uh, or well, the uh, the movie Ten Commandments with, with Yul Brynner back uh, whenever it was, and went to drive-in theater and saw it. and What was it, like four hours long or something like that? And, and, uh, and I won't go into any more details on that. But anyway, you got to see Hollywood's picturing of that Red Sea dividing and Israel going through there. And of course, there was a lot of things wasn't... Uh, uh, Correct it, of course, but so I don't know exactly what Israel saw. I know what's described. And Terry, you know we see different things, and sometimes just but what they saw, it just well it's miraculous. We we know that we know it was a miracle. Now I'll I'll say something. At this time, after they saw this, they were very joyous. They were singing a song unto the Lord. Now, what I used to think was, but then later, whenever they... Went over into the desert, uh, and the Lord called Moses up on Mount Sinai uh, to give him the law of Moses, uh, the law that God gave Moses to give the children of Israel. It has a lot of different names. Ten of the commandments were in the law of Moses. There was over 600 commandments and everything. But Moses was up there for a little while, and of course he went up and down several trips. I haven't really recorded how many times, but he was up and down that mountain several times. But he was up there, and Israel got afraid. And what did they do? All the gold and riches they brought out of Egypt, they made a golden calf, which they worshipped the, the Egyptians worshipped, and they were appointing captains to take them back down into Egypt. And you think, this sight of the Lord parting the Red Sea, I know certainly, well, of course, the atheists don't believe it. Uh, You've heard the story about the little boy in school, and and, uh, somehow that came up, and little Johnny said, you know, wow, and the teacher said, well, but it was, he dried that up, but it was way up in the north end of that Red Sea, and it, and it was only about knee-deep. And little Johnny said, wow. She said, why are you saying wow now for? He says, that the Lord could destroy and drown all chariot, all Pharaoh's army in knee-deep water. So I thought that was pretty good. So to try to explain it, you know, it's just miraculous. I don't know. It talks about the wind. And and, and even, Bill, you probably, whenever they drain Vesuvius to work on everything out there, the bottom of that lake, that stayed muddy. I don't think it ever dried out. I know people's going out there trying. There's one boat out there. People going out to trying to get it. And it it just stayed swampy and muddy. And there there's a little stream running down through there, but the rest of it was just swampy and muddy. Uh, I don't know if it ever completely dried up or not. I know weeds started growing up. But here, Israel went across on dry land. Miraculous. Okay. So, but at this time, they hadn't yet turned to uh, false gods and so forth. They saw what the Lord had done, and this is what was in their heart. And we have this in the Song of Moses. And at this time, they said the Lord shall reign forever and ever, which is a true statement. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, I read verse 1, didn't I? Well, I'll bring it again. Then uh, "Then sang Moses and the children of Israel a song unto the Lord, spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 2 The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So he said, or he said, they said, as they sang this, The Lord has become my salvation and my strength. Again, can you imagine? And, and we're going to read more of it, but can you imagine looking back, or well, looking up at the walls of water as you walk through it on dry ground? And there was a lot of Israelites at that time. It took a while for them to go through there and then turn around. And see it close up. Uh, what, what a sight uh, that would have been. But so then, at that time, they're thinking. Of course, see, whenever they was on the other side before the Lord parted the Red Sea, uh, they told uh, uh, Moses says, "Well, because then you know Pharaoh he decided to chase them again, and they was just." the Lord said, they were trapped like rats. And here comes Pharaoh's army, and here's this little uh, Israel with no, no army, no means to fight or anything. And they said, what, well, wasn't there enough graves back in Egypt that we die back there? Moses, you brought us out here. So they were grumbling, of course. But then when they saw this, and then they said, Lord, my salvation. And... Let's go uh, back for a minute to the 14th chapter and verse 13. And this is just before they were crossing. Exodus 14 and 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will show you to you will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. So what he told him here, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. So, for their salvation, for your salvation, I know the world has certain things that we must do. But here in the song, and all, but here before, the the Lord says, uh, or uh, Moses, the Lord told Moses to tell them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that's the same way with our salvation. There's nothing, there's nothing for you to do. It's already been done. So stand still and see, stand still and enjoy the salvation of the Lord. I know the world, well, and and I've stated that in many different ways. One man one time was talking to him. He says, but you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And I said, why? But that's true. That's, that's our human nature, or that's Satan uh, uh, being used. Yeah, we'd like to think we have something to do with it so we could glory. But here he did this. Israel could see they had nothing to do with it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The world says what? You must, and they have a big list, and it varies. Take the first step. You must believe. You must kneel down and pray through. And then after you go through all those things, then they say, you must hold on faithful to the end. They leave the Lord completely out of it. But the Lord told them, and it's, and, and it's the same for us, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, and, and let's read a little more in this, in this 14th chapter. It just gives more details of what took place. Uh, and the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thou thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And and I, behold, will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor over Pharaoh, and over all his host, over his chariots, and over his horsemen the Egyptian shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor over Pharaoh and his chariots and over his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. You know, we had the pillar of fire uh, by night and the pillar of smoke by day that Israel would follow. Well, now instead of being in front, it went behind Israel to separate them from the Egyptians. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it, came to pass, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other in the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength, When the uh, when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, there remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst. Of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. And the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believe the Lord and his servant Moses. So can you imagine then looking back, they came through and it all went in and the sea enclosed on, but here now all these dead bodies along the seashore, I don't know the number of them, and Israel saw all that. So the Lord calls them at this point, to believe, and then to sing this song, the song of Moses. But there was nothing that they did. They realized at that time uh, there was it was nothing that they did. He told them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. And they saw it. And this is real. The next... Uh, after the sea closed back up and, and they were they drowned, there were dead bodies along the shore and everything like that. And said, Not one of them escaped. So that's, that's to see your enemies and to see that you were saved from those enemies. Uh, you know, so then again, they sang this song of Moses. Again, we know Israel was tossed to and fro after this many times. You remember Gideon when they had, I think there was 32,000, so Israel had an army of 32,000, and the Lord took it down to 22,000, and then he took it down to just uh, uh, these uh, few, and uh, he said, well, I'm going to deliver the enemy into your hand, but if I did it with all these people, Israel would vaunt themselves and say, we did it. So he took it down to where uh, uh, Israel would have to know that the Lord did it, it wasn't them, where they would know salvation is of the Lord. So now, uh, back in the 15th chapter then, uh, in the second, second verse, they said, the Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Certainly they saw that as they were looking uh, uh, at these dead bodies floating upon the shore. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my, uh, my, uh, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. So the Lord is a man of war, and you might think that's a little strange, but put yourself in their shoes. This huge army of, of the Egyptians, the Lord slew them all single-handedly, as he always does. He didn't need their help. He doesn't need anybody's help. He slew the whole army single-handedly, so then what they said was, the Lord is a mighty man of war. So we can talk about the God of love, but we can also talk about the God of war, the God of hate, that what he did uh, uh, to the Egyptians. And uh, verse 4, and again, this is all part of the song. I don't know if they made it rhyme. I don't know how the song, uh, uh, of course, we have it in a different language. This is not in Hebrew, of course. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. So the Lord destroyed the enemies right in front of their eyes. Has the Lord destroyed enemies for you? Here, they said they sank to the bottom as a stone. Well, apparently they did float later and they come to shore, but nevertheless, you you get the meaning here. So, has the Lord destroyed any enemies for you? Satan? Satan's an enemy. Has he destroyed, has he defended you from Satan? How about the letter of the law? Has he destroyed or defended you from the letter of the law? We saw all the dead Egyptians there, the enemy. Have you become dead to the law? And Bill, I want to go read that. You read uh, last Sunday morning uh, in the book of Romans chapter 7. I was or am not a match for Satan's teaching the letter of the law. Now, there's a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, but in, uh, in Romans, we see that an enemy has been defeated for us. Romans 7, and I'm just going to start in, in verse uh, 1 here. Now you uh, know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Uh, These that knew the letter of the law. He's going to refresh their memory. How that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth.
1: And then he's going to
0: go to a particular part of it, which he could have went to many parts of it. For the woman who hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another. So that's a portion of the law that he rehearsed with them, that he refreshed their memories, those that knew the law, the letter of the law. But now he explains it to them. In verse 4, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. Well, who are we going to be married to? Who are we going to be joined to? We were joined to the law. But he said, because of Christ you're dead to the law, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So now we're espoused to Jesus Christ who is raised from the dead. So we talk about we're dead to the law. The Egyptians were dead unto Israel when they came through. All those bodies floated to the surface and everything. And now we have been made free, we have become dead to the law. Once we may have held to those things under the letter of the law. Touch not, taste not, handle not. But he's made us dead to that. I I don't lust after that. There's nothing in that for me. Now, the spirit of the law is different. We want to talk about the Sabbath. And, of course, the Sabbath under the letter of the law was a certain day of the week. But under the spirit of the law, the Lord is our Sabbath. He is our rest. So we can go through and take the law uh, piece by piece and look at it that way. So we become dead to the letter of the law. And in verse 5, for when we were in the flesh, now Paul was still in his physical body when when this was written. But when we were in the flesh, and he's speaking past tense, You remember Paul? You remember when he was Saul? He trusted in the law. He served the law. He was willing to go out people and get people killed and put in prison that didn't trust and lean to the law. But now, so he says, when we were in the flesh, the sinful impulses which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now, Paul He had a lot of fruit when he was under the law. He was very zealous for what he did, but it wasn't fruit unto God. He didn't know it at the time. But now you are delivered. The Lord delivered. You are delivered from the law, that being dead which you were held, that you should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So there's an enemy that he destroyed. We might not see, it might not be as clear as as, uh, bodies floating along the seashore. But Bill, I was no match for that. In fact, I was, uh, I looked at the law, and I've told you many times about my study of the scriptures. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just start Genesis 1-1, and I'll learn as I go through. And I started studying about the law of Moses. I was no match for it. I thought, well, there's no way for me. But the Lord saved me from that enemy. Delivered me from that. I, I don't look to that. So the Lord destroyed Satan for Peter. We talked about that on Sunday mornings, haven't we? So Satan desired to sift Peter as wheat. But he says, I prayed for you. And, it, and, and so he delivered Peter... From Satan, from Satan's teachings, from the the big I word, he uh, d- delivered. So he said he delivered us from the law. He delivered Peter from from Satan and Satan's uh, uh, doctrine. He delivered Job from it. So we can say yes, he has saved us from that. He has. Uh, uh, as Zeruzel was saved and delivered from the enemy, so have we. And certainly probably a lot more often than that. There's probably instances you can think of. So, uh, well, verse 6, and uh, going back to Exodus 15 now. Verse 6. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power, Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And the right hand, we can think of our Lord Jesus Christ, the side of power and everything uh, being used there, but it says the right hand has done it. But it's the Lord's right hand, not, not us. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and floods stood upright as in an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. So this is all of the Lord. Uh, and again, this happened right before Israel. And again, they're singing the song of praise unto the Lord. And we'll try one more verse here, and then we'll have to close. Uh, Exodus 15 and, and verse 9. The enemy said, now the enemy was Egypt, right? The enemy has said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. So you know, every time the Pharaoh with, with the, the Lord told him, sent Moses to tell uh, Pharaoh to let my people go, and uh, they would have a plague, and they say, okay, get out of here. And then he'd change his mind, and he wouldn't let them go. There'd be another plague, okay, get out of here. And then he'd change his mind, and they wouldn't go. So after the, the last plague, okay, get out of here. And remember, they went out, they uh, borrowed all the gold and silver and jewelry from the Egyptians and everything, and they were marching out with it. And then, after I don't know the period of time, but Pharaoh couldn't stand anymore, so he got his armies all together. He's going to go get them. And this, was, this, is, this is what the enemy, Pharaoh or Egypt, was saying. In verse 9 The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them, I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Does that sound familiar to you? We go to the scripture a lot. So this was Israel's enemy. Who really was Israel's enemy? Let's go quickly. Isaiah chapter 14. As I read it, if you don't recognize it now, you will when we get there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14. And... uh, Verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, thou son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also in the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now, that's Satan's belief, that's Satan's doctrine. And then over here in the Song of Moses, their enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand, Shall destroy them. So, Pharaoh at this time, the enemy, certainly believed that, didn't believe in the God of Israel. Uh, I will, I will, I will. We won't go to Nebuchadnezzar, what he said uh, before the Lord uh, uh, brought him to his right mind. But this is our our same enemy. Oh, it may not be Egyptians, but it's, it's, it's the doctrine of Satan. I will. And that enters in so easily. I will, I will, I will. So our enemy, Satan, and the doctrine of his disciples, It's all I will, not if the Lord wills, I will. They tell us we're all free moral agents. And most of the religious world believes that it's a free will of man. I will, I will, I will. Not by the grace of God, not if the Lord wills, it's all up to you. So that's our enemy. Has he saved you from that enemy? Do you believe that the Lord is the one that delivers from the enemy? And do you believe the enemy is the one and his doctrine is, I will, I will, I will. Buddy, you and I talk about a lot. People talk about all how bad four little, uh, four-letter curse words are. Uh, I've got to share this with you. <laughs> Uh, I heard it last Sunday morning, and I started to bring it, and I, and I didn't. But there was a uh, man, they said that he was under deep conviction. And he went out, and uh, he was milking the cow, and the cow kicked him. And he got mad at that cow, and he cussed that cow and everything, and he walked off and everything. Well, I guess that night, the story is that he, quote, got saved. And you know what he did the next day? He went out and apologized to that cow because he'd cussed the cow. I don't know what four-letter words he used, buddy, but, I, but the, the worst words, any, worse than any four-letter words is I. I will do this, I will do that. Not by the grace of God, but I will do this, I will do that. In other words, I have free will, taking all the honor and glory and power away from from God. So has God freed that from you? Has he freed you from Satan's doctrine? Uh, We don't want any hint of free will, do we? And and we look at ourselves because it, it can creep in easily. So we, we constantly look at ourselves, and uh, sometimes whenever I get into stress situations and maybe a little depressed, I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm doing what I can do and everything, and I'm forgetting. Wait, wait a minute. This is the Lord's will, He's in control. So when our lesson said, The Lord reigneth, and rejoice. And that's what we do by God's grace. May the Lord bless the speaking of His word. We're dismissed.